We love living local. We are Scott and Kelly Greats, third generation Central New Yorkers who live, work, and play right here in the heart of New York. The mission of this podcast is to shine a spotlight on the people, places, and events that make our community an amazing place to live. We don't run ads. We don't talk politics. Our only ask is that you help us spread the love that we have for this community by sharing these episodes with your neighbors. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Love Living Local 315. Hey, neighbor. We're with two awesome neighbors right here at the Frankfurt Volunteer Fire Department on Litfield Street, Chief Matt Palumbo. And we need a title for Katie. Firefighter Firefighter Retention Officer. Firefighter (laughs) Recruitment Retention Officer. First officer, <laughs> Katie Manine. First officer. <laughs> Fanciest title ever had. So we focus on schools. We focus on small businesses, all people, places, and things that are awesome in the community. And one thing that we probably don't talk about enough is the service, specifically the first responders. I think a lot of people just assume that you know this stuff works easy. You call 911 or you, you pull an alarm or, and then just magically it all works out. But shockingly, there's a whole lot of work that goes into this, right, Matt? A lot of work. <laughs> a lot, a lot. <laughs> so, Matt, you've been doing this for how long? Um, in my 27th year, I believe. Okay. So what inspired you to get into this? My father. My father was a member here when I was a little kid. And he started bringing me around. Then he started... What really got me into it was when he started building the sleighs for the Christmas where he's staying around. So we used to come down here when he would work on it. Not the little boys. We'd all hang out here and just, I got hooked on it. I was attracted to the fire trucks, the big red trucks. Every year, that is something that people in Frankfurt just absolutely love is the fact that Santa goes up and down the avenues and it's just it's part of the holiday. Like, I can't even imagine Christmas in Frankfurt without you guys doing that. So it, it, it really is awesome. Yep. Takes a lot of work. So we're probably going to pick up on a, a theme here. But Katie, what inspired you <laughs> to get involved? I mean, <laughs> it sounds very similar. Uh, but my dad um, <laughs> and my grandfather, they were yeah. both, you know, Grandpa Benny was a original member of Company 2. And My dad's been a member. He's coming into his 40th year in 2024. So I'm a little bit of a, I guess, quote unquote, late kind of joiner, (laughs) essentially. But it was this past, it was funny you said about the the Santa Claus. It was this past winter and I had a connection with Santa this year. So I decided to just come and hang out and help out. And I loved the, the group and what they were doing and the more i just did some research i saw let me let me get involved and it's coming up on a year has it been that long already yeah well, coming up on a year that i've been in how many volunteers do you guys have well, i believe currently there's 40 in the role yeah that we have some honorary members who like to come and just help out for certain events they don't need certain calls but we do fundraisers Seeing them, they'll come and help us for that stuff. Anything that they need help in their medical, they come help. What training is required? 
Well, it's a lot. Say I want to volunteer and they give you gear and all of a sudden yeah, actually it's a hundred. So when you first join or any of that, you know, it's going back and build forward. Take your basic first page on which is about eating her carcass about or six million fans to only 60 hours, give or take. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. We'll let Katie elaborate on it because she just went through it. Yep. Talk to us. I did. Yeah. In the spring, I did it's called BFO. So that's basic exterior fire operations. So that's where you learn. Oh, the down. We might be breaking things. Yeah. Maybe real life emergency right now. So that is where you learn how to fight fire, essentially from the exterior. So you learn how to throw ladders. You learn how to, you know, roll foes. And they used to call it scene support. So where you go to a fire scene and you're supporting, you learn how to change um, the SCBA air bottles. So if somebody's going inside, they come out, they need a bottle change, you can change it for them. It's just a lot of the support side of things. And then the next stage, which I'm, currently doing that's IFO so that's interior fire operation so that's where you learn how to fight a fire from the inside so how to wear an aircraft correctly how to breathe air how to advance hose line that's something I think tomorrow night we're going to be doing that we're going to be advancing hose line you know this past Saturday I learned how to deploy a roof ladder so just learning the next kind of next part of it where we can be even more helpful on fire scene. So that's what I'm currently doing. BFO was right around 80 hours. That one was long, but you're learning, you know, the instructors kept saying the stuff you learn in BFO is stuff that you're going to carry through your whole career. And then IFO is somewhere in that 50 to 60 hour range. So that's where you get really specific. It's not a lot of book work. It's all hands-on, which is amazing. And just learning how to be a full firefighter. So big focus for you specifically, I forgot your title already, but it has to do with recruiting around <laughs> trying to get younger kids, specifically high school kids involved. So talk to us about that. Yeah. So when I signed on, I am probably on the younger side, no offense, chief, but I'm definitely on the younger side of... He knows um, that he's older. That's what, you know, the younger side of the of the membership. And I have a background in higher education. So I, you know, worked in admissions and recruiting. And something I just couldn't get out of my head is where are all the young people? Mm-hmm. Where are the, the high school students? Where are the kids my age that have stayed in town, you know, Where's, you know, why didn't we kind of, you know, try and get that to be a cliche, but get like that flame burning in them at, you know, at a younger age and just kind of started throwing ideas around with my parents. And I chatted with Matt and I'm like, all right, what, what can we do? And I'll I'll let him kind of elaborate on what that high school program, there's a program in place. We're just going to try and ramp it up a little. Yeah. So the school credit program that we offer is to high school kids 16 and older. In New York State, you can take your basic firefighting at age 16. If them kids, if they go and talk to the guidance counselor, they'll get a credit 
for every year that they're in the program, which counts for them. Yeah. So they get to get out of school. So if they have a study hall, they come here. There's a logbook. They do chores around the firehouse. Could be anything. From cleaning the trucks to rolling some holes that we have out to pretty much any, anything that can be done in the firehouse, they get credit for it. We had a, in the beginning, it was very successful. We were getting one or two students a year. Over the years, it kind of, kind of died off a little bit. Yeah. Past couple of years, we, did, well, we got one last year. And before that, it was, we got one kid in. We had Ryan and he was here. The only one for like two years. So it is helpful. We follow the school. There's a lot of rules they have to follow being here. But it gets them involved. They get their training out of the way. They get credit for it. When you're older and you have a family, you know, kids at home, it's harder to get training. But if you can get right. it done and out of the way, training good forever. We definitely see that now, even with like Scott as a member of Kiwanis and everything, we're, we're not seeing youth involvement in this sort of area where you're volunteering. And I know that you guys are sort of like a family in itself with your meetings and your, that it, it's also like a friend group, you know, where it would be awesome if we could get some kids that, you know, as a group to join that, um, Cause it's kind of scary that Frankfurt being a small town, like we depend on you guys in a, in a emergency, like, and to think that we don't have any youth showing interest in this is kind of, kind of alarming. Yeah. So a couple of things, you know, the buddy system, right. If, as I just think of ways to bolster the program and we're like this as adults, we go to trainings and we're like, Hey, what time are you going down to the happy hour? I yeah. don't want to walk in alone. Right. <laughs> so, so this is us in our forties, fifties, right. So for kids, it's, I'm sure it's frightening. So, you know, if they could kind of, you know, work on that buddy system, maybe two people do it at once. And then you had mentioned Ryan. Now, the other thing I was thinking too is COVID certainly didn't help, I'm sure, with all yeah, of the restrictions and, and COVID just helps. Yeah. So, so, you know, let's hopefully that's all passed and, and now we can get this going again. But when you mentioned Ryan and now he's with, correct me if I'm wrong, Utica City Fire Department. So, you know, from a, a career standpoint, the average firefighter with a company like Utica is retiring at what age? Ballpark. They change the tier so much. Whatever their tier is, I mean, they get it in 20 years. So. Similar to like teaching. Right? It, it, yeah. Then at the end of 20 years and a certain age, pension, benefits, yep. right? I mean, so long term for a kid who, you know, look, school's not everyone's jam. You know what I'm asking? not saying don't pursue it yeah matt raises his hand i, I raise my hand too. until they really find what excites them you know it, it's not always your traditional math science social studies and so there's an amazing career to be had in this field and, and maybe a program like this is something that sparks them to, to learn more about it and it's funny being like a elementary school teacher when the kids are young and you ask them what they want to be when they grow up yeah. and say a firefighter, a police officer, a yep. football player. A, yep. And then we're just missing that, that connection exactly. in the, in the older adolescent years where they know it can be, it's, it's definitely a great career, much needed too. And I so. think something, I think something I've learned since getting involved is there are so many different opportunities within the fire service too. It's not just firefighter. 
you know, there's the paramedic EMT mm-hmm. side of things, which is huge. Yeah. There's teaching side of it. You know, I've had so much interaction with the state fire instructors. So there's a whole nother kind of side of it where you can, the SFI, you can become a state fire instructor and go around and help teach these classes. So there's so many different opportunities. And then once you get into like a paid department, there's different, you know, jobs within that department. It's just, there's a lot of different specifics because there's always people, I don't like fights or I'm scared to go inside. That's okay. There's a job for you. There's, there's something you can do. So I think that's the part that I've definitely learned and which has been you know, eye-opening for sure. Yeah. So while you're on the mic, Katie and Roland, what advice would you give someone who's considering this, someone who is, is on the fence about volunteering? Just jump in and do it. Chat with members too. Yeah. You know, chat with any member and get, get their kind of opinion on it and their knowledge. And I, there, I can't think of one member in our department that would steer somebody from joining. You know, it's that that family that you talked about, it is a family. It is, it's a really good opportunity to, you know, kind of hone in on some leadership skills too. And, you know, you talk about the buddy system. Yeah, that's great. You know, but like this training right now, I am the only one from Frank for doing it. And I was a little bit, you know, at 32 years old, I was a little bit nervous to roll in and be by myself, but it's worth it. And it's, it's rewarding because you you get to help your community. You get to help people at their, like the hardest moment they are experiencing in their lives. You get to step in and help as fast as you can. Talk to me about the female perspective, right? So traditionally we think firefighter, we think fireman, right? Yes. You know, so, so you as a, a woman, was that a concern? Are you seeing more women enter the field? And what advice would you give to, to girls considering this? Yeah, I... It wasn't a concern to me. I think because I grew up with all these guys, it just wasn't a concern for me. But I could see how it could be a little intimidating. It's, you know, it was intimidating, you know, this past Saturday. We were doing side class and we were doing some drills. And one of them was pulling a big, like a dummy, a body. And I'm looking at it. I was like, okay, this thing is bigger than me. How am I going to do this? And I get up to it and I dragged it. So it's just trying to conquer that, that, fear and just knowing that you are capable of doing it. It might seem like you're not, but you are. When you're in that moment and the adrenaline's pumping, you're you're capable for sure. Awesome. So this next question, how has volunteering changed your perspective like in your homes as far as fire safety goes? <laughs> yeah. I mean the other night I was <laughs> I was bleeding for training. I came to the station, got all my gear Trucks in the truck, pulling out. I'm like, oh my God, I left a candle burning. And I, any other time, I'm like, fine, like I'm going to be gone a couple hours. I went right home and blew the candle out, put the, put the lid on top because I had just, you know, we we're just learning no oxygen, no fire. <laughs> you know, it's just, it changes things. It changes, you, you know, I know for myself, it just kind of makes me a little bit more aware. Oh, Matt, if you have anything to add to that too. Like, tell me some things I should be doing. <laughs> you know, like I, Scott and I were prepping for this. I'm like, we have never cleaned our dryer hose before. <laughs> you know, and all this stuff shows up because October is fire safety month. And you know to check your, you know, your smoke detectors, batteries and the, and the stuff like that. But they're 
There's other things too that I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never even thought about. There's a lot. Just for my little one. He actually will check the house to see if there's a candle going. A lot of snow is still going. My wife, she's always double checking to make sure she's turning curling iron off or straightening her off. She's always doing that. So both my boys pick up on it and they're both in the head. They got the LED lights in the room on their mm-hmm. ceiling and they know, got to turn them off. I'm reminding my wife of things and they're catching up. So yeah. they're paying attention. So that's, you know, clean the dryer. I got to do that. That's on my list yeah. of things to do. Yeah. This week or next week, yeah. I promise. Absolutely. And I got like carbon monoxide detector. Yep. You know, that's something else you don't think about. How many calls did you get that a carbon monoxide detector is going off? Yeah. For me, I think I'll, I'll be happy. I didn't even have it in the house until I had a kid. And then I'm like, wait a minute, what am I doing? So now they're in the house. Batteries are changed in the smoke line. Yeah. Every year. And now they're even hardwired and a lot of them are hardwired and you know, and it it is annoying when that thing starts going off and the battery is low and you, hopefully it's like 3 a.m. But that's when it always, that never goes off during the day. You're walking all over the house trying to figure out which one it is. I'm just going to stand there and wait for it to beep again. But I remember Scott was always, he would, the stove, like when we lived in Virginia, he would literally go off, 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 off because we had a gas stove. I mean, there have been times before, like if, if it's even on in the slightest bit. Another thing, especially with these older homes, with Christmas coming, the overloading of the plugs, the the strips, the extension cords and extension cords with 8,000 things, dry Christmas trees, dry Christmas trees oh. never a good time for a fire. Christmas is obviously the worst. And it seems to be, that's when, correct me if I'm wrong, when we get the most, right? Because of these things, we're bringing live trees into the home, killing them, and then <laughs> putting electrical loads on it. pretty on their heat for the first time or, you know, firing a fireplace for the first time and realizing yes. that their chimney is blocked or, you know, different stuff like that. You know, Dan and I were, my dad and I were just talking about that. He goes, you're going to see a lot of more calls coming up soon. People turning their heat on for the first time, those stoves, like, you know, kicking on for the first mm-hmm. time and to Matt's point, you know, dialogue, conversation about these things with kids, we struggle. What do we talk about, right? How was school? How was your day? What'd you do? Nothing, 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 right? This is something different, something super important to create some dialogue around the dinner table. And this is a great segue into what I wanted to talk about because you guys go into the elementary schools and you have those conversations with kids. Do you have an escape plan? Do you have a meeting point? Do you have... All of those things, and they really pay attention to that. And they go home and they hound their parents and they check the alarms. So, like, the fact that you guys are in schools, I think, is super important because those kids go home and they have the conversations with their parents. As parents, you're busy. You've got your own job. It's probably not something that you're thinking about. So you want to talk a little bit about that and and what you do in the schools, stop, drop, and roll. And I still remember about stay low and go. Like, it's just, yeah, it's an important thing. Every year we go to the elementary school and we do fire prevention. You know, we talk about eat it, exit drills yep. in the home. We bring them in. The younger kids, they'll sit, we'll go through a, a video, they'll watch a DVD, we'll do a fire drill with the exit out the, you know, smoke trailer. They pick up on this stuff. They do. They really do. We've had parents approach us at open houses telling us, hey, thanks a lot for doing that. You're reminding me, I got to change the battery okay. or I need to get a smoke. Probably. 15 years ago, maybe a little longer, we did a smoke alarm program. We went through the community. I reinstalled 
hundreds of smoke alarms in houses and apartments. I was amazed, you know, just amazed. And how many did, how many did, where they needed them, were they short, you know? So just to know that you're at the school for eight hours, you know, these kids, unless they get, they get freebies, they get fire hats, they have, you know, pencils, rulers, but for them to go home and have a parent come up to you and tell you, hey, thanks a lot. You reminded me, you know, my son said we do this, my daughter said we do that. You know, that right there, that's her job. If you need help, we'll come. But her job is educating the public and employer prevention. Stop emergencies from happening. Yeah, you know, so allow this to be a good reminder for a lot of things that we mentioned. And we'll link this into the show notes, different people that do chimney sweeping, furnace servicing, cleaning. cleaning. Yeah. JP Kidwell, I know, does uh, air duct the dryer vents and stuff like that. Something you never think of. Obviously, alarms and the the, the uh, smoke alarms and then carbon, carbon monoxide, monoxide as well. So we'll link all of that. So how can people support your group? Obviously, any volunteer group, organization, donations, donations like you know, what, what, what's the, the best way people can help? Yeah, I mean, we do, you know, obviously accept donations and that's something that, you know, a lot of community members will do. There's different fundraisers that'll happen throughout the year and a little bit helps you know it doesn't it goes to use you know it goes to use there's always some kind of equipment out there that you know with donations and stuff that we're able to get and be able to have that will be super helpful yeah we talked about the hundreds of hours of training and we don't have to get into it too deep but i could imagine there's a lot of continuous uh, training even for the 40 members, you know, and, and that stuff isn't free. Every month, I mean, that you can talk about that too, the training yeah. that we do in-house too. We're required, you know, to have monthly trainings. You've got to have so many training hours in a quarter. You know, oh, shit, gosh, they're all, they're, they're honest. The training Katie was talking about was just to be on a fire now and maybe fight fire, you know, go inside. But there's other training to run a pump, to run the ladder truck, to use the jobs. There's... There's, you know, to go and save all the firefighters that are down, fast and true. You know, there's, there's a lot of training. It's continuous training, you know, but staying up on your training and just staying up with techniques, you know, there's always, they're always updating something in the class. Technology has changed, obviously. There's no bailouts for interior firefighters. You know, they have to bail out, go to the back train, you bail out a third story window. You know, you have to do that. It's required to do it. There's a lot of truth. All right. This was a heavy one. All of super important stuff, but we finished these with four lighthearted, fun questions. I'll let, let, let you guys decide who's taken what. 23 years of experience in one. Go ahead. All right. So this is my fun question. Who gets to drive the fire truck? Like, how do you decide who gets to drive that? <laughs> I am not allowed to drive. The private one, which is a pickup truck. <laughs> That's all I can drive. Yeah. No, I can, drive, I can drive everything here. If there's a qualified driver, we got, we actually have members that are older and that's all you do is drive. And, you know, if they show up, they'll drive. If not, if I happen to be the only driver here, that means that I'm driving. <laughs> and like, do you get to call a shotgun and everything? Or do you yeah. have this, like a certain you, spot in the truck? Or <laughs> Usually if, if the officer, if, if the officer isn't driving, but if there's an officer, they'll ride in the passenger seat or usually the senior firefighter if there's no officer. Okay. He's in charge of the company for that call. 
So Matt's happily married. We're going to preface this next one with Matt is happily married. Mm. Hey, Brooke, you're listening. <laughs> so maybe this is more for, you know, just maybe a little incentive for the younger kids to get involved. And Katie, you're on the market. So maybe you could take this one. Does being a fighter fighter help your dating life? <laughs> <laughs> could it? Could it? <laughs> right? I mean, a little positivity. Why not? Right? They it's- <laughs> it ups the cool factor, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like a superhero when you put the gear on? I don't. <laughs> I, no, I, I I haven't gotten that feeling yet. I haven't. Because it's just, you get scared. I mean, obviously there must Absolutely. be some, I mean, right? I no matter how long you do it. I haven't had any like crazy calls yet. But... I mean, even for training the other night, and you had to do bailouts out of a first story window. And I'm like, I'm going to fall out of this window. I did fall out of the window once, mm. but it's, you know, it's that little, it's that, I call it a healthy level of fear. Yeah, there's a safety level. When it could, please fire EMS, no matter emergency services. No call is ever the same. So, sure. There always is that little fear that's always hanging over you for everything. Yeah. Ballpark weight of equipment. About a hundred pounds a year. Wow. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Now you're Gary, that's your bag. Yeah. To what you're going to carry. Yeah. No joke. All right. Last one. Do cats really get rescued from trees? <laughs> you ever had that call? Because this was like, you know, in elementary school, there's always the cat in, in the tree. It's a little cat, but it's like, a, like an everyday occurrence. <laughs> but. It's not really an everyday occurrence. <laughs> Has that ever happened? There, they should be able to get down. Don't my twice some years. You no, know, no cat calls. They they will they they will come down. So twenty three years. <clears throat> we'll try to keep this clean and something we can share with the public. But what what is the craziest call? That's a lot of calls. You're listening on audio, so you can't see the smoke, which <laughs> we might might put out of my tears right now. Well, we'll let you off the hook with that one. You don't. No, you know. there's never been a crazy call. There's calls that have been very serious, uh, personally serious. Really? And there's some calls where you go on and people thank you. And you're just doing a good deed, changing the battery of a small one. Crazy. Yeah. Some things are crazy, but I mean, there's nothing that really <laughs> jumps out to me. Serious. They're crazy serious. Yeah. No, no, no doubt. So. All right. Anything else you want to get off your chest? Feel good? You covered everything? Yeah. Yeah. It's you volunteer to sign up, put an application. And after that, it's you gotta you gotta want to help the community. And that's what it is. I feel good after every call and all of our members do because you're serving the community. When they call, they expect to see somebody there. And seeing a familiar face. Some people, it was the best thing ever. Well, awesome. You guys are fantastic for doing what you do. Our community thanks you. We thank you for taking time out. And hopefully somewhere there's a a volunteer or two in our buddy system (laughs) that will jump in. So we will link a whole bunch of things in the show notes and how you can get involved, how you can get more information on anything we talked about, how you can donate your time or your money. The Frankfurt Fire Department will take either. And with that... You're off the hook. Thanks, neighbors.
Thank you for tuning in to another Love Living Local episode. Before you head out to support all things Central New York, we just have one ask of you. Please help us share the love we have for our community by sharing this podcast with a neighbor of yours. We truly appreciate you. In fact, you are one of the many reasons we love living local.